This morning we will continue this uh, uh, second part of the message, Three Commands for an Unshakable Faith. And we will be looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18. There are three commands that uh, uh, Paul, the apostle, is sharing at the end of this wonderful epistle uh, to uh, the people in Thessalonica. Let's read God's word. Rejoice always. And this is what we looked uh, two weeks ago when we started this message. Then today we will look at the second command. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. May the Lord continue to bless us as we continue to share this uh, portion of the word. Let me say right away that prayer is the general form for addressing God. When we say we pray, it's referring to an action. There is something that is bigger than what we are. So we address this person that in the Bible is called God or Yahweh, if we call in the Hebrew name. And we address our heart to him. And Paul uh, here is giving the second command in this uh, portion of the epistle, and is saying to us, pray without ceasing. Now, what this means practically? Because I believe that all of us, we need to have our own routine, right? We need to work, we need to uh, maybe sleep sometime, <laughs> we need to rest. So how can we apply this command with praying without ceasing, without being able to rest, to go to work? To have a normal routine. Let me tell you something. First of all, prayer, it will matter to God because already we have a relationship with Him. And we are always in fellowship with Him because the Holy Spirit is present in our hearts. We are becoming, as moment, at the moment that we are born again Christian and we accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior... There is a miracle that happens, a supernatural intervention of God. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in our lives. And we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And here, the Greek word gives the idea of prayer that occurs regularly and not continuously. It was specifically mentioned here as a term in the Greek uh, original language as a, when an army was attacking a city that was besieged. So there was a more effort, more than one time, to take over. And I believe that here the idea is this regular and constantly and persevering uh, way to pray and to seek God's face that we need to apply in our lives. So it's a customary prayer that we have. It's the habit that we have it to stay in the presence of God. And uh, Jesus is the perfect example of prayer without ceasing. He came as one of us. And it's interesting that the Bible will never ask to do something that Jesus didn't go through. He's our model. He was able to pray without ceasing because he was continuously in fellowship with the Father. And because of that, because the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ still is exercising prayer without ceasing, we know that is at the right hand of the Father, and this, this specific moment is praying for you and I, for us, for all those who belong to Him. 
is standing at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. So when you are going through difficult times, when you are going through challenges in your life, even when you are going through joyful moments, the Lord is praying for you that your faith will not be jeopardized by the circumstances that you are living. And that's very clear in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. The scripture says concerning Jesus, Consequently, he is able to save the uttermost, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Notice here something important. He is there to save it to the uttermost. Those who draw near to God through Jesus. We go and we get nearer to God because of Jesus and through Jesus. Because of what he has done for us on Calvary. And because him, he was faithful until the end. And he finished his work. Now he can continue to do the work for us. Interceding at the right hand of the Father. I love what this last sentence says. Since he always lives to make intercession for them. It's a continuously uh, ministry that we see here. Exercising by Jesus Christ in our favor. And I pray this morning, my dear brothers and sisters and friends, if you are here maybe for the first time and never you have the experience of the power of prayer, I want to encourage you to experience that. I want to encourage you to try and to see how good it is to know that you can rely on somebody that is faithful, on somebody that will never forget you when you call upon his name. Let's be honest, sometimes... People say, can you pray for me? Yes, we'll keep in our prayers. But sometimes, because we are distracted by many things, maybe we are not keeping the word. And we don't pray as we promise. But I want to encourage you this morning. There is somebody that will never, never fail you. Jesus Christ is our intercessor. I know that there are many that they need to go to different people to intercede for them. they call saints. They didn't even call the Virgin Mary to pray for them. But let me tell you, Jesus is above what saints can give. Jesus is above what Virgin Mary, that we consider blessed for the purpose and the, uh, the way that God used her, can do for you and I. Jesus is the one that can intercede. That's why we can stand here saying that prayer is important because Jesus is our model. Amen? Also, prayer is the way that we communicate with God. It's the way that we show our concern, our burdens, our joyful moments with God. Now, the concept of prayer, or prayer, prayer, or praying, or the action of prayer, is used more than 300 times in the Old and New Testament. Can you imagine? When you find something that is repeated often in the Bible... It means that it is very, very important. And prayer is important. In other terms, this implies that people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and now us are called to exercise prayer as the way that we communicate with God. You see, God speaks to us through His Son. The first way that God speaks to us today is through His Son. This is what Hebrews says. 
that in the past God spoke through prophets, through people that he called, but now today he speaks to us through his son. That's the message that we have. And when we think that Jesus came on earth today, 2018, October 14, it's a point. It's a day that we are celebrating the coming of Jesus on earth. And we still remember that Jesus came, the Son of God came and took human form for you and I. So Jesus speaks through uh, us through the word. Is the living word, and he has given us the Bible. That's the way that God speaks to us. And the Holy Spirit brings the truth of the Bible in our hearts. How we can reply to God? With prayer. Prayer is the way that we communicate back to God. You see, today, communication or being in, com- uh, in communication with other people seems to be the high priority. In reality, um, I believe there is no society without communication. There is no possibility for people to progress without communication. In our age, I technology age, we have so many different things to connect with one another. Uh, Today we have social media, and it looks that there is always a new uh, uh, venue that we have on the web to communicate, especially with young people. There's a continual evolution uh, from Facebook. Now there's a decline. Instagram is taking over. And I can tell you other social media that you are more instructed than I am, maybe. But you know, more people try to say something, less in company they are. And it's very clear to sociologists that more we use social media as a virtual way to communicate, more alienated people they feel. It's very clear. Research, they show that. Even here in Quebec, not long ago, there was a research made among the teenagers. And they say that they are desperately alone and communicating through the social media is the only way to relieve that sense of loneliness. But there is a difference. When you communicate with God, you don't feel alone. When you use prayer to talk to God, you know that your prayer is listened to. When you lift your voice to God, you know that He is listening. He's here, is ready to hear our voice. And many times in the Psalms, we discover that people are grateful or are calling to God and say this, hear my voice, O God. Hear my voice. Hear my prayer. Beloved in Christ, I believe that prayer is one of the blessings that we have, if not the greatest, that we have as we speak to God, as we are in relationship with God. So this morning, let's keep focusing on the necessity that we need to pray without ceasing. And we don't need technology to pray. We don't need a special computer, a special line to connect with God. You need just to open your heart and call upon the name of God. Call upon the name of God. There is a line that is always free. Praise God for this. You know, if you call an office, uh, the dynamics are changed, right? Before you were talking with an operator directly. Now, uh, please... Dial this number. Then you have another five options. 
The other day I was calling uh, the government for uh, celebrating uh, marriages. And before I get in contact with the person, I lost 15 minutes. I'm not kidding. Changing numbers continuously. That's not what God does with you and me. He answers. Is direct line. You know, if you remember the Cold War that was between the United States and uh, URSS, in that years, they had a, a red phone, telephone. Remember? We've seen that in some uh, movies. Because the line was directly in contact with the president of the United States and uh, the URSS. I'm telling you, we have more than a telephone, red telephone. We have the line that's still red because the blood of Jesus Christ but will give us access all the time. So the only prayer, and this I say often, that God cannot listen is the one that is not lift up to the throne of God. God is still listening. Now let's try to see uh, and describe how prayer works. First of all, prayer is the spiritual breathing of the soul. You know, no breathing, no life. When we say that we have a stroke, what it means? That there is a, some blood clot that stops the oxygen to go and reach out to the brain. And longer is the time that the brain doesn't receive oxygen, more devastating are the effects of that stroke. And this is the same with prayer. How many times we have the sense of dryness? We feel that we are... A, very unable to sense the presence of God in our lives. Maybe it's because our prayer life is reduced to minimal. Or maybe because we don't pray at all. There is no oxygen reaching our soul. There is no communion with God. We don't have the possibility to vent with God. Not only to vent our needs, but to worship Him, to thank Him, as was mentioned before in the prayer. So, not prayer means not giving oxygen to your soul. Does mean that you are stopping God's flowing of His Spirit in, his, in your life so He can intervene in you. The psalmist David understood very well this concept. In many psalms, he expresses desire to meet God in a very intimate way in prayer. I'm longing for you, O oh God. I desire to be in your house, to gaze at your beauty. David understood that his life was not worth to live without praying, without being the presence of God. In Psalm 27, it says, you said, seek my face. And David answers in verse 8, my heart say to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. That was the attitude that David had. And I pray that this will be our attitude today. That we can seek God's face. God's presence in prayer. As we constantly look to God in all things. Our perspective begins to change. And how many times as you pray. As you bring yourself before the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is bringing you a scripture. Is bringing you a circumstances that you lived in. Is bringing you something that you heard during the message that will give you a different perspective on your own contingent situation. 
That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Prayer grants the privilege to have access to God. I remember my brother. <laughs> he might be very young. So he was living closer to the house of my father. And I remember every single night before he was going to his home. He was coming home. He was going to open the fridge. Take whatever he could grab. Eat. And then he was going to open the other drawers in the kitchen. And try to look for something. And one day my father said, can you explain to me what is the necessity to do this every single night? Are you doing the same in your father uh, or mother-in-law? I said, Dad, this is my house. I don't need to ask your permission. What I was trying to say, I'm confident. I don't need to ask. That's my house, right? I can have access. And my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, I have to be careful. <laughs> Nothing against the mother and father-in-law, please. <laughs> they are wonderful. What I'm trying to say, when you have a relationship and you know that God is your dad, is your father, you don't have a problem to talk to him. You don't have any problem to open the fridge. You don't have any problem to go in the room. Why? Because this is your house. You are familiar with your father in heaven. There is a relationship. And that's why Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Talking about the freedom that we have. Through our high priest. That is Jesus Christ. The author says this wonderful words for us. Let us then with confidence. Not with fear. Not with doubts. Not with something. Oh who knows if he will listen to me. No listen. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help when in time of need. Doesn't matter where you are. If you are at work, if you are in school, if you are in your home, if you are in a residence, you can call God at any time. At any time. In any time you can call upon the name of God. Because God is also the ultimate source of everything. He's the creator. He can say a word. The thing can change drastically in one moment. That's the power that we have. And let me tell you this. Everything we do in our lives it should be baited in prayer. Prayer should be not one of the activities that we have during the day. But everything should be under the cover of prayer. Amen. Every morning when you wake up. Start to say, Lord, I thank you for giving me another day. I thank you for the breath of life. I thank you that I'm in my sense. And I pray, oh God, allow me to worship you this day. And everything I do may be under your guidance. May be under your Holy Spirit. Lead me, Lord, to glorify your name. Lead me, Lord, to be faithful to you today. And as we pray that, you will see that you have such a confidence. You walk in victory. It doesn't matter if the boss is screaming at you. You know that God is in your side. It doesn't matter if the teachers give you some problems. Sometimes reason with reason. But <laughs> you know that God is still in your side. You love him. And you work with him under his blessing. When you think to, uh, to pray for something that yet is not saved. You bombard heaven with your prayers. And you touch the heart of God. 
And whenever the Holy Spirit brings a situation in your mind, pray where, wherever you are. You know what I learned through the years of my Christian life? That if I should wait good time to pray for people, I will never pray. So whenever I have in mind to pray for somebody, I pray right away. Lord, bless that person. Father, we come to you in this moment. And sometimes, most of the time, I pray with people on the phone. And we are not present, but we pray together. And we ask the Holy Spirit to intervene. Let's use the time and the opportunity that God has given to us so we can be able to pray. And you know, this is a privilege that we have. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. Prayer is not an obligation. When we pray, we don't make a favor to God. We have a privilege. We are exercising a privilege in praying. This is what we need to understand. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. When you pray, something happened. I love the bracelet. It was very common some years ago. Push is an acronym for pray until something happened. Pray until something happened. And I'm telling you, the Bible is full of example that people, with people praying and things happen. I'll give you some example. When Isaac prayed for his wife that was barren, the Lord surprised him with two twin, two boys, a twin couple. Remember Isaac and Jacob? Rebecca was barren, couldn't bear children. When Anna prayed for a son, the Lord blessed him with Samuel that became one of the greatest characters that we have in the Bible. But more than that, she received other children. More than one that she asked for. When Cornelius prayed, I can go on in the Bible because it's full of answered prayer. But just some example. When Cornelius prayed, he didn't know about Jesus. But he loved God. And he would, his desire was to know more. About God. And you know, God supernaturally spoke with a vision to Peter while he was in, in Joppe, and then he sent Peter to his household to preach the gospel. And why? Because that prayer. And something supernatural happened. At the moment that Peter started to preach the word of God, the Holy Spirit came and filled everyone that was present. That's the miracle through prayer. God is faithful. Remember when Peter was in prison in Acts chapter 12, before we're in Acts chapter 10, and people uh, were praying. They were gathered together like we are doing today. And they pray, Lord, please deliver Peter that is in prison. What happened? Remember? An angel came to wake up Peter that was sleeping in the prison. Come on, let's go. And he thought that it was in a dream. But when he saw that he was able to pass the guards and all the, uh, the doors without no one moving, he realized there was a truth. It was a true, a true event. And he went to knock to the door of the, uh, the, the people that were gathering to pray. And the little girl that was at the door, he didn't open the door. He was too scared. And he went back to advise the, the people that were praying. Peter's at the door. This also underlines our weakness. <laughs> Because they prayed for something, God answered, and then they were surprised. Don't we do the, sometimes the same thing? 
You know, there is a story. I don't know if it's true, but I tell you. This happened in Italy, right? No, here in Canada, because this never happened. There's some farmers, they needed to have the rain. So they asked the pastor to go and preach uh, about prayer, the necessity to have uh, the rain. So the pastor said, you know what, next Sunday we will be praying for the rain. And the people were very happy. Finally, we intercede for the rain. So the next Sunday came, and the church was full as never before. And the pastor looked around and said, I'm sorry, brothers and sisters, we cannot pray. And everybody was surprised. Why? No one of you brought the umbrella. <laughs> the point is that if you pray for something, expect that something happened. Right? But there is another thing that describes prayer. Prayer is the abiding dependence on God. You continue to be able to stay in contact with God, no matter if you are not in your knees. But it's a relationship that is lived on every single day. In other way, prayer is the language of trusting in the Lord in all time. When you pray, you say, Lord, I know I can trust you. You are still on the throne. I can count on you, Lord. I know that you are there to hear. It is depending on his grace. It's depending on his character. You know, I, I want to encourage you to go and study the names of God. You will see that God has different names. Each one of them has the ability to describe something that God does in our favor. I'll give you an example. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. God loves you, loves me, and he wants to bless us. And more we know him, more we are able to depend on him. The character of God is such that he demands prayer. I'm really grateful for some people that are very committed to the work of the Lord. And sometimes, unfortunately, even as a pastor, you know what? You call always the same people. You know why? Because they are reliable. God is like that. We can count on God. We can depend on Him. We know that He's able to listen our prayers, to come in our help. And you know, that dependence on God doesn't come with our own strength. It comes because, if you remember what I said at the beginning, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, what He does? It brings our request before Him. Sometimes we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray in certain situations. And the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray in a certain way. And you even are surprised because this was not your intention originally. But the Holy Spirit came through. And he helped you. I like what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Paul, as he writes it to the Romans, says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray, for as we have to. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Is working in us. So it gives you a different concept or perception of what God can do in you. Peter says in, in the first epistle, chapter 5, verse 7, that we must Cast on him all our worries. 
Why? Because he cares. You see, the devil will say to you, God doesn't care. God doesn't care what you are going through. God is not intention to listen to your prayer. That's the weapon that the devil used to avoid us to pray. But it's a lie. Remember, the devil is a liar. And is the father of lies. So we must stand on the word of God. And let him know that God cares for me. God cares for you. He knows what you need. He knows what you are going through. And before you conduct uh, uh, everything during the day, ask him to lead you. Before you are maybe having an interview for a job, pray. Before you are getting an exam, pray. Before you are making a cake, pray that the cake will be a blessing. You know what I'm saying. Ask God to lead you in everything. If you are a parent or grandparent, pray for your children as they go to school. Present them before the Lord. Ask Him to protect them. While they are on the bus, while they are studying, we need God's intervention in our lives. We must create habits that will encourage us to pray continually throughout the day. And as I said before, if you are waiting for a good time to pray, you will never pray. So start to pray at the moment. Because situation will come that you need to pray truly. You know, there is a, a wonderful character in the Bible that... I take as an example of prayer. And it's Daniel, the prophet. You know, Daniel was a man of integrity. He loved God, even if it was in a foreign land, where the people of Babylon were not worshiping the God of Israel. He kept the good habit to be in fellowship with his own God. He didn't contaminate himself with other beliefs. He was faithful to God. And he was used to pray three times a day. And you know, people that were his enemies, they tried to find something negative in him so they can denounce before the king. But you know, they couldn't find nothing because he was a man of integrity. But one thing they discovered, it was a man of prayer. So they forced with a, a plot the king to sign a law that no one could pray other gods if not the king. And the punishment will be such that a person, an individual, that was founded to pray other people than the king would die devoured by the lions. You know, Daniel heard that. If I was Daniel, maybe I would say, you know, God, you know that I pray you. No, but now it's a little bit difficult to pray, you know. <laughs> uh, let me make sure that if windows are closed, so no one will see me. I will pray in this secret, you know, between you and I. But Daniel didn't do that. You know what he did? He opened wide all the windows. He makes sure that people, they noticed that I was praying. And I can imagine the CAA uh, agent ready to look, take pictures. Hey, we saw Daniel praying. I'm joking. <laughs> there was no CAA agent there. What I'm trying to say, that Daniel didn't change his habit to pray. He trusts God with all his heart. In Daniel 6.10, it says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. 
Look here. As he has done previously. So he was used to pray. He was used to call upon the name of God. He was used to discipline himself to pray regularly. And you know what happened? Daniel was charged. He was condemned. He was thrown in the lion's den. But you know what? God delivered him. Supernatural. Daniel was not killed by the lions. And the people that had the plot against him were the food for the lions at the end. You see, some people uh, think that prayer is a 911 number that you can call at the moment of need. You call 911 for help. But let me tell you, prayer in the Bible is meant for more than this. In other terms, you cannot pray without ceasing if you are not starting to pray. You cannot be in fellowship with God if you are waiting for something to happen to pray. You know, sometimes if we wait 911 to pray, maybe we'll be in a situation where we will not be able to pray, to dial the number. Be able to pray in all time, without ceasing. God will honor that. It will bless you. It will bless you in such a way that you will feel different. And that's why I'm saying prayer is something that we need to build up in our lives every single day. And then prayer is effective when it's synchronized with God's will. You know, we cannot pray outside God's will. Because those prayers will not be answered. Not because God loves us, but because he cares cares for us so much that he knows that his will is the best for us. It's the best. His will is perfect. It's the best. Prayer is meant for greater things. But under some parameters that God revealed to us. And let me give you some of them. It must be in agreement with the scriptures. You cannot pray something that is against the scripture. You can't. God will never answer the prayer. It must be guided by the Holy Spirit, as I said before. There must be an open door for it. You have to see that God truly opened the door for what you prayed for. And then... There must be peace in it. You should sense peace in your heart when you pray something that is in God's will. The peace is brought to you as an answer from God directly. Maybe it's not something that will come right away, but you already start to sense peace in your heart. That's the way that we pray and we make sure that it's in God's will. And now you can pray. Without ceasing. Let me give you some suggestion how to pray and increase your time in prayer. First of all, as I said before, pray whenever you have the chance to pray. God doesn't look at the length of your prayer. He looks at the faith that you put. Your heart is very important. Then use silent prayer. Sometimes you are with people. You are waiting at the doctor's office. You are waiting at the pharmacy. Use that time. The Holy Spirit can listen to your mind. He knows your heart. You can use that time to pray. And then... I suggest that you pray loud when you are alone. When you pray loud, psychologists say that 90% of our focus is kept when we talk because we imply thinking, speaking, and hearing at the same time. So when you are alone, to keep focus, pray loud. I'm telling you, it works. Then another thing that was not really familiar, but I'm starting to do, write your prayers. It helps. It helps. 
You know, because as you're writing, you are thinking what you write. And uh, make a journal also, the prayer that you made. And uh, go back to the journal, maybe sometimes after, and you will discover how God has been answering your prayers in various ways. And then offer songs as a prayer. You know when you sing certain songs? <laughs> there are prayers in itself. As you sing those songs, pray with the songs. This is when we come also here in church. Sometimes uh, those prayers are given to God uh, as an offer. It's the praying God through songs. And it's very, very important that we do that. The Bible is full of psalms or songs that are written as a prayer. Then prayer brings powerful assistance from God. As you pray, God will continue to change. And God will continue to transform your heart. And maybe you pray with an attitude and you finish prayer with another attitude because God is intervening. It's not our job to change people. It's God's work. We can all intercede. We can only pray. Because every time you are praying in interception, you are giving to God the possibility to intervene in that person. And then keep praying for the lost. Keep praying for them. I'm sure that all of us, we have families, members that are not saved yet. Keep praying for them. Don't give up on prayer. Don't give up. And then, beside that, keep praying for the needs of our church and our members. We are a family. Let's pray for one another. You have names in the bulletin. Every day, pray for two, three people. Pray constantly for those people uh, that need prayer. When we share prayers here in the church... Pray for them. Pray for the ministry that we have. Pray for the leadership. Let's cover our activities under the guidance of God through prayer. And better, still come for our church meetings to pray. We have a prayer meeting on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday night, on Saturday morning. Last Wednesday, it was an amazing prayer meeting. The presence of God was with us. I didn't have almost the Bible study because it was... uh, overwhelming the sense of prayer that was present in the people and the sharing of many God praises we're giving through answers of prayer. Soon we start small groups. It's a time, it's a place where you can learn how to pray also in those small groups. So be part of this. Don't isolate yourself. God is faithful and he will work in a way that will build up good and good spiritual habit in our lives. And then let me close with a final application. Make time to pray no matter how busy you are. I like to quote Samuel Chadwick. He's an author that I love very much. He was a doctor, a philanthropist. He wrote a few books that you can find even online for free. Very interesting. And he says something about prayer. One of the major quotes that is used from his book is this. The one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. The devil trembles when we pray. 
Don't give up, please. Don't give up on prayer. Don't abandon the God of hope and say, there is no use to pray. That's the lie of the enemy. Amen. Remember Daniel. He was perseverant. He prayed. He received an answer after 21 days that he had been prayed. And the angel came to him and he said, man, greatly loved by God. Your prayer was answered the first day that you lift up the prayer. But I have to fight against the prince of Persia. It was a spiritual a stronghold. That wasn't the place. So God answers your prayer. And then the perseverance in prayer brings change to our hearts. Prayer brings change all the time. First, it, pray, it brings change in us. Maybe the situation around us will not change. But our attitude will change. Our attitude will change. It will build confidence in God. And then prayer changes the world around us. And you know why? Because God has ordained that he will work through our prayers. He will work through our prayers. And praise God for this. Can you all stand?